Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. And it's an international flavour that we're bringing you for this episode. We're going to be talking World Cup qualifying, talking about Canada as they're getting closer and closer to the octagon and the dreams of Qatar await. We're also going to be turning our attention to Euro 2020 that gets underway on Friday the 11th. We weren't going to do a Euros preview at first and we were talking about it. We're all getting excited for it. So we thought, why don't we do this as a a podcast? And we're going to put a special video up with our our Euro chat as well on our YouTube channel. So check that out, youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. We'll get to all that soon. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we're going to kick things off by looking at Canada It's a long, long road to get to Qatar. It's a a three-phase process, potentially four, depending on on what happens if they get into phase three. Phase one was to get through the initial group games. Bermuda, Cayman Islands, Aruba, Suriname. I wasn't worried in the slightest. We talked about it last time. It's a case... I know Canada has been stung before. I know there's a lot of like bad things happened when Canada's got to, to qualify and they didn't make the hex for the last couple of cycles. Why would you be so confident? I was so confident of getting through this. Even with Suriname, adding all those players, talked about it on the show, tweeted it out as well. I just, I wasn't worried, Zach. And... I felt Suriname had been overblown. I felt it would be too short for them to kind of come together as a team. They gave Canada a few scares on Tuesday in the early moments. But even with that, I I wasn't worried at all. I mean, when you're watching that game play out, Zach, were you concerned? Did you have flashbacks to previous disasters? Or were you comfortable and feeling confident the whole way through? No, I mean, I I, I too going to was feeling very positive like on our last show i said i think canada will win by no less than three nil which was an accurate almost as accurate a prediction as yours michael um i but, went for four it was four i felt smugger than usual which is really difficult so we were both smug. right right yes yeah um no but no i wasn't honestly i wasn't worried and even in the match i wasn't worried um this is a different team yeah and this is a different time 
this is a different era for Canada and it's so exciting and it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's football. So there's still always a little bit of butterflies or whatever, but in general, it's so exciting. Um, and, and it's not just, it's not only the, uh, the players going forward. Um, I was excited to see some of the players at the back, including, including uh, Scott Kennedy, who we yeah. were talking about. Yeah, we, I mean, you were saying, is he going to start? I said, I, I don't know that he will, but I mean, he had a good game. We'll come to him in a sec. Steve, how were you worried at any stage? Were you totally confident that if you're talking about this team as potential World Cup finalists, these are the games they, they win easily, and they did in the end. Well, this is how little I was scared. I forgot the game was on, and I missed it completely. I watched it afterwards. I know. Uh, when you messaged us that, I was like, oh, man, after you're paying for one soccer as well. <laughs> uh, that, that's why I don't want to get something like that, because I do nowadays I miss uh, live sporting events way too often, unless so there's like a watch-along or something like that that I know is going to happen. Um, I, I was a little bit, probably the Canadian me was a little bit worried. I'm always worried about something going wrong, but, um, I, I wasn't as, uh, this was probably the most confident I've been in, in like a, a win and go winner, uh, go ahead or winner go home kind of thing or loser go home or whatever, uh, yeah. situation. I was the most confident in this one I've ever been, but still, still a little nerve wracking once, especially at the beginning of the game when there was a couple of chances for uh, Cerno. Yeah, well, I mean, let, let's get into that, Zach, because it, it was a tough opening kind of spell. I think Suriname clearly felt that their best hope was to try and hit Canada early and then maybe try to, to kind of hang on. But, I mean, Suriname, they had a, a couple of looks at goal. They, they crashed one off the bar and it... it could have been a disastrous start. The defence did seem a little bit all at sea. And I, I mean, one of the, the things that I definitely took from this was the attack, dangerous, exciting, potent. The defence, though, still areas of concern there. It, it is the weak point. It has been the weak point for a little while now for Canada. And, um, but in one sense, the, it's, it's, I'd rather it's nice that the the attack and some of the midfield is so exciting um, that obviously I want the back to be better, but I'm I mean it's nice to be worried about something else, if you will, you know. And that's been one of the been exciting things about having all these attacking options is now we're worried about who's playing at the back. Not so much about keeper, um, but yeah, at center yeah, back. We, ju we just need to have to stop getting Boryan with the ball at his feet because it's a little bit scary at times. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say that, but you're you're it's right. You're true. It's true. You're right. Um, but no, I mean the, when the 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 crossbar thing didn't again still didn't worry me. Like I, I even if it had bounced the wrong way and gone in, I was still confident yeah. they were going to score multiple goals. I mean, I, I I've been here watching Canada since 2007. So I have been through some of the heartbreaks. And in that time, this is the most confident and the most comfortable and relaxed I've been watching Canada in a big game because it was like, ah, this, this, this is fine. And yeah, they went in one up at half time, but you knew they were going to start to come good because Suriname would have to start pushing. They'd have to open up. And it, in the end, it there was some so much exciting stuff to talk about. Davies to David 
David to Davies. You've got Kyle Larn in there. You've got Kava winning penalties. I mean, that Jonathan David hat trick was fantastic. The form that he's in, the form that they're all in, the link-up play, it's just it's just beautiful to watch, Steve. And yeah, that's one of the most exciting things about the... They're not just, like, muddling through the games and getting victories. Uh, actually, there is um, excitement in the way they score goals. And there are... The thing is, other teams in the past have not worried about Canada's attack, so they were free to, you know, not overly be concerned with their own defending. Uh, they could take chances because they're not worried. But you can't do that with this Canadian team. You have to be able to defend, and that takes away from the opposition's uh, attack because they might have to drop an extra person back or something like that. So that's the exciting part, that while, yes, the uh, defending is not up to what the attacking is, but the attacking does help the defending because if you got the ball and you're in danger to score, the other team's got to worry about it. What did you make of uh, Davies and David in, in particular, Zach? That looks such an exciting forward line, I was going to say, but I mean, Fonzie was playing as a wing, wing back, but just a, an attacking link-up thing between those two. And then you've got Kyle Larn there as well, and you've got guys like Kava coming off the bench. It's just the the two of them together. I I don't know what we want to call them: double D, D and D, whatever we want to 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 christen them. That the the age of them as well is what is most exciting because yeah. they're going to be together for a long, long time. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's just you can see the joy they have from playing from playing together it reminds me it's not the same in any way shape or form but it reminds me a little bit of when like 2000 i want to say like 2005 from 2005 onward or 2005 2006 2007 2008 when lucas podolski and bastian schweinsteiger used to play together for germany like just the appreciation they had and the connection they had and some of the plays they had um but uh yeah, I mean, you guys know, I, I didn't get to watch the game live because I was at work. But even while I was at work a couple of times, I just put on my phone, uh, the One Soccer app on my phone, and just open it up just to catch a glimpse of how things were going. The first two times I did the first time I did it, the replay of the of the opening goal was going in. So I got to see Davey score, get hit in the face, and then I saw the, the second mm -hmm. replay of it, and I saw the pass uh, from Jonathan David. And so I, of course, messaged you all. And then, um, and then the second time I turned it on, it was Davies playing in David uh, for the second goal, and it was just like, oh yeah, this is just pure, pure joy. And it wasn't until later that I saw the third goal um, with uh, Alfonso, uh, his not just not just skill, but his like never giving up, you know, continual fight, like that fighting spirit, that that will to win, which I believe has grown in him from his time at a, at a, at a place like Bayern that has a strong will to win. Um, just, just the way he forced his way, and he like just made that hap made that happen, and just like laid it on a plate for for Jonathan just to to hammer home was yeah, it was a joy, yeah, pure joy. Yeah, I, it, it looks fun watching them play, as you see. It's like they they're playing, they're enjoying themselves. Defensively, there are some concerns there when Canada's going to play the bigger guns if they get into the octagon when they're. They're playing the big teams for a place in the, the top three to try and get straight to the World Cup. They're teams that have players that will punish those kind of sloppy defensive plays or anything that that is not like tight at the back. So, I mean, that, that is a concern. 
Next up, it's the, the next phase. It's a two-legged tie with Haiti. Saturday and Tuesday. We'll get into that in a sec. I want to play a little bit of audio now from John Herdman post-game. Just cock a hoop, obviously, at getting past Suriname and looking ahead a little bit as to, to what is to come with Haiti. Oh, look, just proud. Proud of, of what the players put out there. We knew Suriname were going to be a tough test. They were riding um, a bit of a high coming out of their last game. And we knew those first 15 minutes, they were, it was a cup final for both teams. And we knew they, they were going to bring an intensity. So, you know, proud of the guys because I'd said at half time, you know, those eight minutes where it was set piece after set piece and, yeah, we were wobbling. You know, the guys stayed in the fight and we need that. We, we've needed that um, on this journey. You know, we, we weren't getting that against, obviously, Aruba, Bermuda or, or Cayman Islands. And, you know, this game was was tough. And we always knew if we could just weather that storm and, and bring the passion and stick to the process, then if we match their level of intensity, our quality would shine through and, and I think it did. We were able to um, to really start demonstrating uh, the quality in this team. John, you now have to go to Haiti, a country that the Canadian government and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control Prevention says people shouldn't go to at this stage. What are your thoughts? I know it's not your decision, but what's your thoughts about having to go there? Yeah, probably... <clears throat> probably like your thoughts would be if you were, you know, told that that's where you've got to go when many are telling you not to. It's, it's more my wife and <laughs> and others that are, you know, probably more concerned. But at the end of the day, we're on, where I said, it's an adventure. And, you know, this is the the ride for these boys. This is what, what's in our, in our destiny. And we've got to control what we can control. You know, there's been good work at head office to, to put security attaches with us to look at, you know, the risks from either COVID or other risks that, uh, medical risks that could be undertaken. And I think there's a good um, a plan in place to to keep people safe. And then, you know, I think FIFA have, have obviously done their risk assessments to, to say it's a, a safe place to go. But, you know, you just, you look at it and Canada's doing the right thing by not playing in their country, um, playing in neutral venues and, you know, you would hope that that common sense would be if, if a country isn't right to be played in, you you should be, um, you know, in some sort of neutral venue. But at the end of the day, we get Haiti back and, and that's the game we've been wanting now for two years. So whether it's in Haiti, Timbuktu, you know, in, in wherever they want to put us, you know, that game is just so important to this group of boys. We get to play them twice and uh, we get to to put right the wrongs of two years ago and show how far this group have come and the learnings. And that's that's our next test. It's just another mission. We'll control everything that we need to. We'll keep these guys safe and we'll, um, we'll do our best for our country. Canada head coach John Herdman there just chatting a little bit about that win over Suriname, getting through to the, this do or die tie against Haiti. Now, I, I watched Haiti take on Nicaragua on Tuesday afternoon. There's some streams on YouTube of that. And, I mean, Nicaragua had their chances. And for chunks of the game, Nicaragua were the, the better team. I didn't see 
anything from Haiti in this one that really worries me. My biggest worry is probably going to be the weather and the pitch because a storm rolled in during the game. The pitch was sodden, it was waterlogged, the ball was hardly moving in, in certain areas of it, there was big puddles lying on it, and obviously Canada, free-flowing team, like to move the ball about. That could be a concern, they could get a little bit bogged down on that, no pun intended, because it is going to be quite boggy, Zach, but do you have concerns, first of all, with, with the pitch, if it is, because it's meant to be raining all week down there, if it is a pitch that's quite waterlogged, that's going to play into Haiti's hands, I wouldn't be surprised if they want to make it a little bit heavy to try and stop Canada the, the luxury of knocking the ball about and running at them. Yeah, I, am I concerned? Yeah, me, uh, no, I'll be, no, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I mean, all, we can pull all the cliches here, right? That both teams have to play on the same field. You know, they've. it's likely that, you know, all these players at one point in their lives have played on poor pitches. Not, not probably not that dissimilar to what they'll have to pay on this week. Um, a number of these players have do have Concacaf experience at you know various levels, um, but m more so than that, I really think that, um, uh, and I think we talked about this on the last show. There's going to be this overwhelming desire to make things right from that gold cup loss i yeah. think i think these players and the coaching staff realize um how disappointing that was uh and how much of a letdown that was like like them letting themselves down and letting the supporters of the country and the country down in one sense um that they want to go and show who they are and how and and how much of a better side they are than haiti and so I think that's really going to motivate, which when you have a, I was going to say a master motivator, like, like John Herdman, I think he's going to have them well motivated for, made for, for this game and for these two fixtures. And I really think, I'm not going to say they're going to like blow them out of the water necessarily, but I think they are going to be um, convincing winners over the two legs, and I believe that there's even a chance that they could uh, have things, you know, essentially done and dusted after the first leg. Mm. I hope I'm not drastically wrong about that, but no, um, I, I'm quite confident of, of that as well. I, I I'm thinking a two or three goal victory down in Haiti, which will basically have the tie done and dusted. I mean, Steve John Herdman talked about just what Zach mentioned there, the fact that this is the game they've wanted. They want to get the yeah. revenge. They've got a ghost to put to bed. It won't make up for that defeat, but it's going to show how this team has grown in the two years since that and just how things have moved on, how they've developed. And I think it's a, a good test as to exactly where this team is right now. Yeah, and they, and back then they were in, in like infancy, of the, what this program was, and you know, as as Zach and I know, when kids make mistakes, uh, and what you do is you get them to make sure they get up and keep going, and that was all it was. It was just that's why a belt is handy. Yeah, <laughs> they're just dumb mistakes that were done on that day, and it just uh, kind of avalanched into something horrible. And uh, the best thing they did was actually you know what it, like the best thing to do is not forget about that situation is to remember it so it doesn't happen again and i hopefully 
And they have done that, where they, they've said, you know what, we know this is not a good thing. We're going we're gonna to remember what we did wrong, and we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. And Steve, are you confident they're going to get through this with very little trouble? I'm not as confident as you guys, but that's just me. Um, I'm like typically even when a candidate plays uh, in hockey, I'm in the fetal position uh, <laughs> watching the game. So I'm 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 always concerned because I just want them to win. I don't want it. I don't want it to be a tight game. Like a lot of people say, oh, it would kind of be an entertaining game, one goal victory or something like that. No, I want them to smash them if possible, five nil. Let's 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 find out what time it is in Haiti. And then we come back and play the second leg. Should be fantastic. We're going to be doing another live watch along on Saturday for it. The first one was a lot of fun last week. So we thought, let's do it again. It's a two o'clock kickoff. So check out youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. Subscribe, turn on notifications. You'll know when we go live. We'll tweet that out as well. Looking forward to doing that. I'm going to try and watch it not on the Roku app this time, so I'm more up-to-date with you guys because that was quite annoying for me the last time. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. Now, obviously, all the Canadian players that aren't with the team, they're excited for it as well. They're going to be watching. Got a chance to speak to Max Cripo on Thursday. The, the Whitecaps had him up for media availability. So I was asking him a little bit about the, the win over Suriname, the Haiti game, and just if he's just... I, I know he's just given birth to to a beautiful daughter, but if he's just wishing he was down there with the guys. Here's what Max had to tell us. I just wanted to ask you a little bit uh, about Canada. Obviously, it must have been, I mean, happy times for you having the kid, but must have been a weird feeling watching it all play out. What did you make of the, the games against Aruba and Suriname and... Are you guys going to get together to to watch the game on Saturday against Haiti? Yeah, I talk. Uh, I talk to a lot of guys. You know, almost uh, all of them talk to the staff as well. Uh, you know, we're all in this um, guys that have been uh, making the trip. You know, all the traveling parties and others that did not make the trip. We're all in this together, and we're really tight. We all have a group. We communicate uh, quite often. Um, the two games against Aruba and Suriname, we were must wins, and we had a squad that knows exactly where we stand and uh, the results we need to get, uh, where we want to be, the the hopes that this team had on have on their shoulders, uh, the nation as expectations, you know. And so um, we all know that um, collectively as a group, and we all really in a good headspace and a. And right now it's about getting one game at a time, uh, you know, with the home and away uh, with the next two games. Uh, but the information that I got, uh, the feedbacks that I got with uh, with the guys down there, I'm confident that uh, they'll give everything and um, hopefully make it through. But uh, we have we have the quality for it, that is for sure. These games that's coming up against Haiti, John Herdman talked after the, the game on Tuesday night about you've been waiting ages to, to get back to getting a little bit of revenge and like trying to put the ghosts of the gold cup behind you. Is that how it feels from the guys that you've spoken to? I haven't uh, speak about that uh, in, 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 um, in details, but it's in everyone's mind for sure. Like uh, for sure. Uh, we all know what happened in the gold cup against AED, uh two years ago. And we all want to say, all right, this was a mistake. There was a, 
this was a, a glitch. It was a mistake. You know, it was a bad four or five minutes that we really paid cash. And so now it's about to say, all right, well, uh, here we go again two years later and really prove that it was a mistake. What are you guys going to do for these games? Are you going to watch it in a group on, on Saturday and Tuesday? Are you just going to watch it at home? We're doing a live watch along if you want to watch that on YouTube with us. <laughs> Send me your link then. <laughs> you can be <laughs> on it if you want. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I uh, personally I, I watched at home with uh, with the family. It's it's best. And then uh, where we live, uh, I'm with Derek as well in the, in the same complex. And so uh, we we can get together, no problem. There's a complex downtown where I'm pretty sure all the guys are are watching the game as well. Cheers, Max, and congrats on the on the birth. Thank you. So Max Grippo there, chatting about Canada. Try to, to get him to come on our watch along on Saturday. He said, send along the link. If we can get him to take part, that would be even better. So if you're listening, Mr. Whitecaps, get that job done for us. And having Max on the stream would be a lot of fun. I'm sure he's got slightly more important things to do with a, a new baby in the house. But there, I mean, there's a lot of pressure in Canada. There's a way of expectation because this is a, a team of a generation, the golden age Players have told us before it counts for nothing if they don't then go and qualify, if they don't start winning games. So they get past Haiti, they're into the octagon. Three teams from the octagon go straight to the World Cup. The fourth place team then go into a playoff with, I think it's the fifth place team in South America. There's, there's a lot to be looking forward to, but that expectation, that pressure to succeed is there. And I'm pretty sure John Herdman is feeling it. Now, ever since we've known John, he's always been a guy that's been very upbeat, very optimistic. But knowing what is at stake here, knowing that if, if they slip up here, that's probably him out of a job as well, because that's, that's just how things work. So I asked him on Monday, just be, before that Suriname game, just if the kind of weight of expectations and the pressure was maybe starting to get to him a little bit. And it was a very interesting answer from him. Here's what he had to tell us. Now, ever since we've known you, you've always spoken about kind of the power of positivity, the mental aspect for the players, preaching like good mental health. For you as a coach, though, you're going into games that the expectation is you're going to get through them. You're going to, to make it to the octagon. Do you feel that weight of expectation? And how do you personally cope with that kind of pressure? I think this year it's been, a, it's been an interesting year, Michael, for mental health. I'd have to say I've, I've suffered myself through periods of anxiety through this, this stage of uh, from October onwards. I mean, the, the situations that that have evolved around COVID, the realities, the having to adapt in in environments where player safety. As a coach, when you sign up to these jobs, when you started before you even dreamed of being, you know, at an international level, when you just worked as a, a grassroots coach, the, the first thing you you got into coaching for was because you enjoy working with players. But the most important thing is you keep them safe. And, and I think that's that's been one of the, I think, the scariest 
parts of this job that's that's created that level of anxiety that you know you're being asked to go into a an environment where you know if someone gets seriously sick you don't know if they've got icus you know they don't know what beds are available you don't know if someone's going to come out worse or better when they went into a hospital in some of the places we've got to go to and then you're dealing with people's careers so if someone gets sick in the usa it's not like they can just go home they have to spend 14 days in the U.S. And that can wreck a, a player's career when they aren't in a squad for 14 days, when the coach had told them you shouldn't have went anywhere. And we don't know how sick people are going to get. I mean, we've seen, you know, the odds are very low. So I would say that there's been a high level of anxiety around the, the preparation for these matches. Um, but getting into the environment, the work that people have done is 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 what's keeping, I think, everyone stable. I think, you know, there's been a team behind the team at Canada Soccer. You know, everyone's pulled together. People are doing roles that they never dreamed of, whether it's COVID management or trying to find national interest exemptions. So there's, uh, you know, we, we've all sort of clubbed together to make sure that um, our people have been safe. So I think, if you talk about the the performance pressure, that's where I've got out of bed for. That's 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 where I've built, you know, the 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 capacities to deal with performance pressure. It's now performance pressure with the pressure of, you know, your players and staff safety and the decisions you make to, you know, while you want to get a competitive advantage or you want to try and save finances because you could put finances in in better places. And you could cut corners with health and safety, which we've seen with some of the teams we've competed against. You know, we um, we just won't, you know, backstep on that value. And, you know, sometimes to our own detriment, we, uh, like I say, we're not playing at home. You know, to our own detriment, we'll do the right thing to, to help keep people safe and, and ensure that, you know, those elements are not massive um, anxiety pieces for our players so yeah it's been a michael it's been an interesting time i could write a book on this year it's um yeah and, and the impact it's had on me personally my family um you know having to travel away and yeah it's, it's it's been an interesting one but at the same time always privileged and the honor of representing this country and this group of players always gives way to the pain of, uh, you know, whatever risks are, are in place. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but, yeah. So John Herdman there, Zach, just, I mean, talking about that he's, he's suffered anxiety, like during this kind of lockdown period of things like just getting these guys together and making sure that they're safe, making sure that they're, they don't get injured in, say, a, a stupid game against the Cayman Islands and then they go back to their clubs and their club's like, well, we're never going to let you go and play in these kind of ridiculous games again. That He just wants to make sure that it's not so much getting through and winning, but he he's feeling the pressure of looking after them, making sure they don't come down sick with COVID. They'd be in a foreign country. How does all that work? Stuff like that. I mean, it's aspects of the game that you never really think about a lot, but I think John was very open there talking about it, and he is bound to be feeling the pressure. I think, yeah, there's all kinds of different pressure that he feels, like you like you mentioned there. I think, though, the, for him, I think, 
I think he's a confident person as well. And I think, I think he knows that this group is m more than good enough to um, overcome Haiti and to reach that last eight group. Uh, the, 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 what are we calling it? The octo? What are we calling it again? I, I like to call it the octopus. Right. Um, so those final, I think he knows that we should be there and we belong there. Uh, I can see him being more nervous about the results and stuff like that when it comes to that. But um, I mean, her, John is um, someone who, yeah, I appreciate his candor and I appreciate his openness and, and honesty. And whether that's, you know, talking to him at formal, formal things or, you know, bumping into him at, at places and, and talking with him informally. Um, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate, I really appreciate him, appreciate his approach. Uh, and uh, it hasn't been, his, his time with the, the men's team hasn't been perfect. But um, I think there's been uh, an, enough in, enough that's encouraging uh, that ha that has buoyed me and has me excited for 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 these matches and uh, the the final eight in Concacaf uh, World Cup qualifying. And the the thing is, Steve, I was having a a chat with a fellow journalist in the build up to the Suriname game, and they were like, "Oh, he he's like." talking up Suriname, he's obviously not confident in Canada or what his team can do. And it's like, no coach is going to sit there and go, yeah, we're going to hammer these guys. It's like, you've got to show a bit of respect. And maybe he did hype them up a little bit too much. I mean, I felt that all along. But he, he can't say otherwise. He can't just sit there and go, yeah, this is going to be a piece of piss. We're going to get through this. No. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's about showing respect to the other opponents too. And I see that John Herdman always does that. Um, so, yeah, I don't see that being as a big deal or anything like that. It's, it's you know, it's what's to be expected. If he did, then Tim Parker would put it up on the on the board and it would rile up the, the opponents. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how things work. I, I jumped on the, the post-game call with the Suriname head coach, actually, after the game as well. Um, I asked him if he felt this... this these games had come just a little bit too soon for Suriname. And he feels, yeah, it probably did. But they've got time to work with these players now before the Gold Cup. It's the first time they're in the Gold Cup. And he says it's going to be, you're going to see a different team at the Gold Cup. One of the Suriname players was joking with John Herdman after the game that we'll see you in the final at the Gold Cup. So Canada, Gold Cup winners can call it now. But that is it for our Canada chat. We will be back, as we said, on Saturday for our live watch along. So check that out on YouTube, youtube.com backslash AFT in Canada. We're going to be turning our attentions to the Euros for the rest of this episode. But before we get into that, let's have a little bit of European music. It's our Artist of the Month for June here at AFTN. It's Moscow Death Brigade, straight out of Moscow. Now, this is a song that isn't about football, but it could be. It's from their third album, Bad Accent Anthems. This is You'll Never Walk Alone. Come for the 
Hi, I'm Afonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Moscow Death Brigades from straight out of Moscow. That, from their third album, Bad Accent Anthems, that was You'll Never Walk Alone. And I'm sure that song will be getting sung by some happy fans somewhere at the European Championships. Euro 2020's stroke 2021 kicks off on Friday. Might have kicked off by the time some of you listen to this podcast. Opening game, Turkey against Italy. We're going to spend the rest of this episode having a little bit chat about the Euros. It's going to be our preview. We're going to make some picks. We're going to talk about teams that we think is going to do well, surprise packages. We're going to have our pool, our sweepstake as well. So let's get into all of that now. Just a a general chat to, to start things off about how we're feeling. Are we excited heading into this tournament? Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, it's really different. This is the first time in my following of football. And so, yeah, my my clubs are Canada, which has never been in anything but the Gold Cup in my time, and and the, the country of my ancestors in Germany. And, uh, yeah, this is the first time I've gone into one of these tournaments with such incredibly low expectations. Mm. And that's not a that's not a pun about the coach about the coach either. But no, like seriously, I never before like I've always been like super confident about you know being top four or maybe at the very worst top eight. Like that would be like horrific, but still, whatever. Uh, like I like I think Germany might come third and maybe get a third place spot. You know, like going into this. It's funny you should say that. Like, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I have them as one of my surprise packages, but not all surprises are good. Yeah. So, but no, in general, I'm excited about the tournament because the other thing that's been different is, and we've talked about this over the years, is that I've done this, uh, I've, I've been on this journey away from national team football being more important. And I am now more over where club football is more important for me. And because I, I, I mean, other than Canada, like Canada, I'm excited all the time, nonstop and engaged and following, but the game, the international game as a whole, uh, I'm less excited about, I follow it less. I've, I've never watched less than I have, like in terms of highlights and figuring stuff out. Whatever. I've never watched less, less of it, but at this point, like going to this tournament, it, it has me excited because I don't know everything and I don't know all the players. So I'm excited to watch teams play and how they're going to set up and like, and who's going to be playing and who's kind of in and who's kind of out. Um, because like, even like with Germany now, like, you know, I, I've watched a little bit of their stuff, but like, yeah, they're playing like a three, four, three, which is, is really weird. Like to see and using players that like, I don't know as well. I mean, most of them I know because they play in the Bundesliga, but um yeah, it's just, I don't know. So I'm excited in a different way than I've been excited before. Usually I'm like over the moon, like, we're you know, we, we, we're going to win this or we can win this or we should win this. But now I'm just like, yeah, excited just to see what happens and how it unfolds. What about yourself, Steve? Uh, do you have a level of expectation or a level of excitement going into this or are you a bit? meh about the whole thing no i'm 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 excited about it because i'm kind of a neutral so i don't have a rooting mm. uh team to go for like I, there are teams i like and teams i dislike um so y- you have that kind of thing but you're really looking for just fun games and it's it, it's timing wise it's great for me too because 
um, working at home, I have a big screen TV while I'm working. Uh, it's not like I have to like uh, like look up into the ceiling in order to follow a game or look into my phone or something if I was in the office. So for the first time, I'm able to watch a big screen TV uh, while I'm watching like a Euros without having to you know, call in sick or something to watch a game. It's, it's exciting that Which, way. of course, you would never do for no, any future no, no. employers I've watching never, this. Never done that at all. I mean, for me, it's the first time in 23 years that Scotland has got back to a major tournament. On the men's side, the women obviously qualified for the, the 2019 Women's World Cup. When I was a little boy growing up, Scotland qualified for all all these tournaments, like from 74 to 90 five straight World Cups, and they didn't do 94, but they were back at it in 98. They qualified for the 92 and the 96 Euros. So that was an era that, for me, and people of my age, we expected Scotland to be there. It was just like, oh yeah, qualifying, we'll get through it, we'll, we'll be there. It was touch and go on a couple of occasions, but they always seemed to come through. And then there's a whole generation now that have never seen Scotland at a major tournament. And it's a it's a bit of a signal, really, in the fact that COVID means it's limited attendance. There's two games in the group stages and one in the round of 16 at Hamden. So Scotland's at home for two of these games. And there's only going to be 12,000 fans in at Hamden because of COVID restrictions. And only 2,000 of those tickets have officially been sold to Scotland fans. So just to qualify for this tournament and to have had fans there, it would have been so special to the country. And they can't even really congregate in the pubs to watch it the way that they would have. So it's a little bit, the shines off it in that regard. But I know so many folk are just excited to, to be back there. I'm excited to see Scotland in, in a tournament. Up until a few weeks ago, I wasn't overly confident about them, but we'll, we'll come to that when we get to their group. But I, I'm really excited for it. These 6am games, I'm not overly <laughs> excited for, I've got to say. Scotland's first game is at 6am. I was getting pelters on my East Fife show for saying I probably wasn't going to get up for it. I was going to PVR it and not watch it live. I've been shamed into getting up at 6am, so I'll, I'll be doing that on Monday, I think. But do, you need a, ask... do you need a wake-up call or anything like that? Oh, Caitlin's here. She's, okay. she's my wake-up call. Mainly okay. with her snoring, but that's a whole other story. I want to ask you guys what you think about there being these multiple hosts. I mean, are you a fan of it? Do you think it maybe devalues the tournament a little bit? Or is it good that these countries are all getting to, to host games and getting to host a tournament, Zach? I I guess I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's one in one sense, it's nice to try something different. In another sense, it, it, it the timing maybe couldn't be worse, like in terms of a pandemic. Like it might be nicer to have these all closer together in a smaller place. But um I, I think it's okay. I'm I'm glad that they're this is not like the way forward. Like the next one's 2024 is in Germany, right? Yeah, it is. Which oh man, I that's so tempting. I if Canada doesn't make 2022, I th I think I'm going to try and go in 2024, uh, assuming we're allowed to travel to such things. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I might as well actually. That that would be a good. One. I I'm oh. even thinking of the 2023 Women's World Cup because I've always wanted to go to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, a chance to to do both things. Yeah. So no, I mean, 
it's it's different and it's not different like gimmicky so i'm like i'm, I'm okay with it of them trying something like this <laughs> but um my dog just having a nightmare by the signs of it there <laughs> a shocker oh. um um so yeah i mean uh, it'll be interesting seeing i think it'll be interesting to see if there are any effects on this for like the players right because when you're in one country the travel is very limited all that kind of stuff there's some not insignificant travel even if not when you get to the knockout you know the knockouts and you're moving from one place to another yeah the- so I, it would be interesting to see if that plays any role and if the players or coaches or uh you know, medical teams have any concern or frustration over that but in terms of doing it and trying it, I'm okay with it. Um, I, I also didn't mind, you know, was it the Euro 2000 was Holland, Belgium? That wasn't so bad. That wasn't so bad, right? The two small countries next to each other. Yeah. Like that. I mean, I, I I don't mind that. And I mean, talking of travel, obviously, 2026 World Cup is going to be horrendous travel potentially for some teams with Canada, America and Mexico in it. I mean, Steve, like looking at some of the things like Group B, the games are getting played in Copenhagen and St. Petersburg. So like mm-hmm. Denmark and Russia. Group E, yeah. it's Spain and Russia. That's a lot of travel for, for these teams to do. It's kind of baffling in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, more than they're used to, especially considering their domestic leagues are so close together. There's very little travel. So uh, for them to travel like this, it's almost like they find out what it's like to be an MLS player um, <laughs> when they're traveling. So um, yeah, it's it, it, it is... The, the 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 way they're set up and everything is it is very uh i can't understand why they set it up and you think they would be able to set these up a little bit closer if you're going to have traveling have two countries that are near each other and that way you don't have that much traveling you almost have like like almost do like a a poland ukraine kind of thing in different for different groups like yeah. a, like that kind of setup where it's side by side so yeah, it is kind of. I'm not sure why they came up with that. I don't remember reading anything on it, but um, I, I guess it's weird. just it's just it's just people. Maybe maybe it's just the money talks and the people bid on certain games or something like that. That's the only thing I could think of. Well, I mean, Group A. Let, let's just kick things off looking at things. So Group A features Italy, Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey. Those games are getting played in Rome and Italy, and Baku and Azerbaijan. So again, not. Uh, insignificant amount of uh, travel there. Tournament, as I mentioned, gets underway on Friday with Italy taking on Turkey. Then on Saturday, it's Wales and Switzerland. An, an interesting group that, for me, I feel there's probably a, a an overall favourite, but then second, third and fourth, very much up for grabs. Um. Yeah, it, it's it there is definitely a definite favorite in there uh, do you want to do the predictions right now where our consensus predictions yeah or do you want to so i mean I, i'm assuming okay, we I'll, all feel italy's going to, to i'll win bring this. up it. yeah uh, so yeah, yeah, i i i think there's a a chance that that switzerland could play spoiler in this group or not spoiler but could upset italy in this group an outside chance um, because Italy, even when they do well at tournaments, they often don't start, or they've had a number of yeah. tournaments where they don't start well in the tournament, and it's like they need that in like in tournament uh, uh, turmoil or or conflict to overcome. And so I could see I could see them coming second in the group to Switzerland or even potentially Turkey. Uh, and as as little as I know about this Turkish team, is probably uh, like 
Turkey as a team always comes in the tournament with like like a great spirit, a great collectiveness, a great unity. Um, and I know I know a few of their players, and uh, like I don't know. I think that I think those are going to be the top three. I think uh, I think oh. Gareth Bale's uh, golf team is gonna is gonna finish fourth. But okay, so so let's let's do the predictions because I got the screen up right now for people oh. to watch at home. Um, so we think Italy's going to finish first, right? Yeah, sure. for, for me, it's it's Italy. The the only thing that I would say about this group is. If you look beyond this, that is an absolute nightmare half of the draw. Because if Italy were to win their group, then depending on how other things play out, we won't get too far ahead. Italy could face Belgium in the quarterfinals. And then whoever wins that could face France in the semifinals. Yeah. So in a lot of ways... Finishing second in that group might not be the worst possible thing that would happen for a country. But I mean, Italy's going into this. They've not given up a goal in eight games, I think it is. And Mm -hmm. then Turkey's coming into this with the the best defensive record in in the qualifying stages. And the youngest team in the tournament, apparently, too. Oh. So so I, I, I personally think Turkey will finish second in this group. I have them ahead of Switzerland. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, I, I went back and, and forth with this. But I, I in the end, I went with Turkey second, Switzerland third, Wales fourth. Yeah, mm. So that's what we got there. I, see, I, I think the upset's more likely to be for that. But I mean, I have Turkey tying Italy in the opening game in my game-by-game game predictions. Um, but uh, I mean, for consensus, if we wanted to go Turkey second, that, that's fine. Okay. I'm surprised Michael hasn't made any gobble, any... Um, any uh yeah there what's, you what's your old buddy ziggy who's passed, yeah who's passed away yeah i i won't make those jokes anymore right. out of respect but i mean t- turkey could be a a surprise package but yeah that, they're, they're one if, of mine possibly yeah if they finish second in the group they've got a, a not a not a bad kind of run for for a little bit and then it's just if they can get their defense sort of being as stingy as they were in the qualifying, then I mean, your defense has been championships is the the old cliche. So I mean, you never know. But I mean, Italy, I feel they're looking good. Immobile up front is going to be a guy that's going to be in in the conversation. I think for Golden Boot, Switzerland and Wales. I mean, this the Swiss are one of those teams that some they kind of play a bit of a boring game. But they seem to know how to grind out the results. Yeah. Wales, I, I'm not expecting much from Wales at all in this. I think they kind of peaked at the 2016 finals and the group's older now. They're maybe not as dynamic as they were before. But And, and how much has their star player played in the last little bit? He hasn't really played that much uh, from what I remember. I don't think he, recently he's played very much for Real Madrid. No. He's basically been on the bench. So that, that probably plays the biggest factor for me. Anything okay, else we... do you want to say about Group A? I think that's pretty much covered that. Yeah, Group B. Belgium, Russia, Denmark, Finland. Now, I mean, Belgium are the bookies' favourites to, to win this whole thing. So uh, they've got to be favourites, I feel, to get through. But, I mean, we, we talked in our first part of our podcast about the, the pressure, the weight of expectations on... John Herdman and Canada. Now, Belgium 
went into the last World Cup with a lot of expectations on them. Number one ranked country in the world, all these talented players, a golden generation. And they struggled at times. I mean, they they just squeaked past Korea. They... I, I, do you feel the pressure might be on them a little bit too much? Yeah, I, I think, think there's huge pressure on them, but I, I, I really think this is one of the terms where they're gonna, they're gonna overcome that, or they're gonna maybe overcome it more so than they have in the past. Um, the bigger, the bigger thing I think they have to overcome than the pressure now is their injury woes, right? With mm-hmm. De Bruyne, you know, not, uh, not gonna play the first game for sure. Um, I think Axel, Axel Witzel is also carrying a knock or an injury that might uh, keep him out of the first game or longer. Um, they have some they have some issues in that sense that they need to overcome. But I think they, for the last, I don't know, what is it, four or five years, they've been this team with like uh, a wealth of talent that just hasn't been able, like Roberto Martinez hasn't been able to like fit them together. He hasn't been able to put the jigsaw puzzle quite in the row or it's like one of those moving puzzles you know things and he hasn't been able to get it just right it's always been a little bit off and um i hope for their sake that even though they're coming in with some external issues like injuries that they are able to um go go really really far in the term so in this group i know it's like the they're they're the on paper favorite but i definitely have them coming first in the group i mean i mentioned they were like one of the favourites to to win the whole thing, but they're in the betting. I mean, it's the, the betting's so tight just now. I mean, France, you're probably looking at fours for them, um, five on England, five or six on Belgium. So I mean, it's a it's a toss up. I think the injuries is maybe what's made Belgium really kind of third favourites. But I mean, what are you expecting from them, Steve? I. Uh... I, they're one of my surprise packages that that the fact that they're so favored that they're not going to win. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they will uh, they will have a little bit of a run-in with Denmark, I feel, in this group. But um, overall, it should be well. And then I think they, either in that first knockout stage or the second one, I think they get knocked. Basically, somebody beats them. Um, I can't remember who the, the combinations and everything. Uh, well, but I mean, they it, will face stiff competition eventually. And yeah. I, I think first test they will lose. If Belgium get through as group winners, then the way that I've done this, well, obviously look at this, I've got them possibly playing Sweden in the round of 16. But then, as I mentioned, they would potentially have Italy in the quarterfinals, France in the semifinals. Yeah. A- any team that gets through that deserves to be winners, really. So yeah. it's a tough, tough, path ahead for them and yeah they it's like the slightest mistake they, they could fall uh at any hurdle what, what about the rest of the group i mean i think denmark might be quite strong in this one i have them easily as the second place yeah by these four and then um for me it's russia and fin and finland's last i i don't have very much faith in them i think they will they could surprise in half of a game against somebody but i don't see them winning a game at all it's exactly what I've got as well. I'm opposite you guys. I have Finland beating Russia and coming yeah, okay. third. It might not be good enough to get out, to, you know, to get to the next mm-hmm. round. Yeah. But I have them. I have them. Uh, yeah, I have them beating Russia. I think Puki's going to get a few goals in this tournament and uh, and really help them. The thing with Russia, it's like they always seem to 
go into tournaments where there's maybe been high hopes and they just don't play that well. Russia 2018 at the World Cup, they obviously had that home crowd behind them and that's what I think might get them over the line here because they've got two of the group games in St. Petersburg. So I think that that is going to help them. They, and there's probably no restrictions there at all. <laughs> well, from from watching my DLB videos and stuff where they're out at nightclubs every Friday and Saturday doing gigs and stuff, there's no social distancing, no masks, nothing. So I'm expecting a packed St. Petersburg Stadium. I think I think they're going to take a significant loss in the opening game in St. Petersburg against Belgium. And I think that Finland's going to be able to overcome them also in St. Petersburg in the second light in the second yeah. game. Uh, I'm 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 willing to switch it then. I'm willing to go Finland number three. I'll I'll, I'll take Zach's word for that. Oh, that's. But that, I, I, I think I think the home crowd. Horse. I think. See, I I would see the home crowd at St. Petersburg getting swayed by both of line. you guys because I don't know very much at all about Finland. I honestly don't. I uh, it, so your 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 call. Yeah, you can you can put Russia ahead, but as long as we note on the record that I, I'm oh you picked Finland. Okay, I'll put I, I think Russia will. I, I initially went for Russia that I think that Russia will have enough to because they they have the big tournament uh, experience as well, but Finland doesn't. Yeah. So that's I, the big thing. I, I could see Russia Finland drawing and then it being goal difference. So yeah. that's yeah, yeah. That's why. But I, I don't think, think I had that as a tie and then I chose Finland because I I wanted to put them a little bit higher. I don't think either I don't think the third place team in that group is going to go through so yeah i agree i think that's one of the ones that will miss out so group c now i'll come in right away and say this is where one of my surprise packages is i i see north macedonia getting through this group maybe in third spot it's netherlands austria north macedonia ukraine and i i just I know Mar North Macedonia beat Germany. I'm not just basing it on that. I just feel there's a bit of a belief in the team. It is an old team. I mean, I think their talisman's like 37 now, so it might be a, a tough for them. But Ukraine's another one of these countries that are... that They kind of underperform at, at the major tournaments. Holland, for me, I can't see them not winning this group. Austria's been on a bit of a good run. Scotland's played both Holland and, and Austria in, in games recently. The, the Netherlands game was a friendly. Austria was in sort of World Cup qualifying. Both were draws. And the Netherlands, though, had a little bit of quality. They felt they were maybe just going through the, the, the paces a, a little bit against Scotland. But for me, I see Netherlands winning this, then Austria. But then I've got North Macedonia third and Ukraine fourth. Yeah, I have, I have Ukraine fourth for sure. I have North Macedonia third. I want to put Austria first because of people like David Alaba and Martin uh, Martin Hunter-Jager and some of the other, other Bundesliga players. But I pro you, yeah, you got to put – that would be a significant upset. And so I think you're right. Holland first and Austria second. Yeah, this is another one where I, I, I'm confident in my the top two spots being Netherlands and Austria. I'm not as confident as three and four. Typically, I would say Ukraine would be that third place team. Um, but knowing that uh, North uh, Macedonia, North Macedonia basically made a, has a major upset, you don't expect them to be here. I think that kind of thing, they're going to be uh, like the Iceland of uh, this Euro tournament where they just do stuff that nobody expects. I'm and I can either, 
I can I can see them having a surprise result against the Netherlands or Austria. Honestly, I don't know very much about them, but they just the the way they played, uh, their 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 kind of style of play. I'm hoping Finland is kind of like the Iceland of the tournament, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, uh, Ukraine is is coached by Shevchenko, and I mean, I, I don't. The problem is he doesn't have a Shevchenko in his team. Yeah, in his team that. Um, but yeah, I think the the North Macedonia the victory over Germany that was World Cup qualifying, wasn't it? I think it was. I, I think it's the first time we yeah, lost. Yeah, it was. It was. Like, yes. I think yeah. It's the first time we've ever lost in World Cup qualifying, or or something. A long, long time. Uh, no, I think it was the first time ever Germany's lost. Anyways, the, the, the thing for me though with this group is see whoever wins it, their path through this is potentially amazing, because let's let's just say Holland won it, they would play the third place team in Scotland's group, which could be Scotland, could be Croatia very winnable games for Holland. Then they could then play the winner of Turkey-Denmark, depending on on how they finish in their groups. It could very easily, like Holland could get to the semi-finals, and I think that's a bit of an unfashionable team that could do that. Yeah, but they've kind of been uh, kind of resurging back. They had a, a major dip in their international play and everything in tournaments and whatever. But I think they've had a little bit of resurgence. Um, they've had, you know, those teams that in the domestic leagues that have done well, uh, some of those players have gone on to bigger clubs. And so there are players there that can make a big difference. And I think I think they will. This will be the tournament that maybe puts them a little bit back on the map uh, where they slid off a little bit before. The, the only thing I would say is when they played Scotland in a friendly last week, it was 2 all. And Scotland had seven of their guys out because of a, a positive COVID test and self-isolating. And Scotland had a lot of fun with that Dutch defence. So they need to, to plug some of the holes in, in the back there if they're, if and they're, they're missing to make a big run. I believe they're missing one of their top defenders too. The, uh, the guy that comes from Liverpool, Van Dijk, I think. Or is he from somewhere else? I can't remember. Hmm. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's he's not under the Van Dijk. I think, yeah, yeah, he's injured or something like that. So, and he's one of their better defenders. Oh yeah, he's a massive. He's a massive loss for them. He's massive loss for the tournament. He yeah. obviously was a massive loss for Liverpool this year. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the, the added incentive, and he's so dominant defending, and he's good in set pieces. That yeah, that you've got the added incentive that, as I said, if you win this group, you've got a kind of easy easiest path to maybe the semis. Let's get to the the main group. It's the only one I care about, I'll be honest. It's Group D. It's Scotland, Croatia, Czech Republic, and I think that's it. I think there's only three teams in, in this group. Uh, okay. Oh, no, no, there there's England as well. You guys go first in this. I, I think when I was doing some of my prediction stuff, I think I chose, like, for fun, I, I gave Scotland some points. I think I gave them, like, four points. Uh, I had them losing to England, but I had them, like, I had them tying the Czech Republic and then overcoming an off-form Croatia in my first go go through. But the more like Croatia, when you look at the lineup, obviously they're old, like they're yes. much older. They're missing some players. Rakitic is not there. Mary Mandzukic, former Bayern player, is not there. Champions League winner with Bayern is not there. Um, but I think people don't uh, either don't know well enough or don't appreciate well enough. Some of the players that they do have in an attack, uh, Croatia. One of them is Rebic. Um, he, I think, is going to have a really, really, really big, big tournament. Uh, 
um, and I fancy him to like contribute like highly for them. And the other guy, which oh, is Andre Kamarich, another guy who is very very talented. And I think when you put those two together with likely, let's say, Ivan Perisic, if those are your front kind of front three, I think even though Luka Modric is slow, and I'm not sure how fit um, Matteo. Uh, I, I can't pronounce his name, but the midfielder guy who's played for Chelsea and Real, um, even though they're, uh, even though maybe they're not the most dynamic, I think with those kind of attacking options, they're they're still able to do enough damage that um, you, they can't be totally counted out. Yeah, I agree with that. I think even though Modric is slow, I think he still is just as dangerous uh, playing in the midfield. They're going to have to have some kind of tactics where they do protect him. Um, I kind of I don't know if you guys agree though, but I can kind of see him like a Perlo uh, for um, um, for Croatia, where he just sits in the midfield and just uh, distributes the ball wherever it needs to go. Um, and so I kind of I kind of do like that. I think Czech Republic. I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on them a little bit. I think they're still they could be dangerous as well. And obviously Scotland. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk about them. I'm going to give Michael as much time to for Scotland to talk about England. They're a team that's that everybody thinks should win, and especially themselves, uh, the country. And uh, it, it rarely ever happens. So I could see, honestly, I could see them finishing anywhere from first to third well, in to this group, f- even though even though they're probably the favorites to win this group. To be fair, England's never won anything without the help of an official. So I mean, sure. there's that. But um, yeah, I mean, and the you- Queen. You're right. the the hype The hype is for England is always something you feel like hurts them. Yeah, and and remember their their group games are all at Wembley, right? So yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard some people make like crazy predictions against them um, because of that, which I think are ludic- like kind of crazy. Like they're they're going to qualify out of this group. Yeah, I think the struggle will be: do they slip up somewhere and then and then finish second? They're they're the odds on favorite. They got. I, be I, be, I believe it actually benefits them to finish second. I it, think it does. You don't yeah. want to win this group because you could be possibly facing Portugal either in the round of sixteen or quarterfinals. I can't remember what when it was off the top of my head, but yeah, winning this group they, is not great. I think they might be playing the third team in that group of death that we're going to come to mm. the third place team in the first round. That might be what uh, it is, yeah. So I think it's something like that. So it, it's a very dangerous group to uh, win in this place. So are we going to give them the win then? <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I, I have this horrible feeling in my stomach that this is going to be a really good tournament for England. I know they were kind of had home advantage in 96, but that did take them over the, the line on occasions. I, I think England's going to be strong. A lot of it with England is like Harry Kane. If you give him a chance in the box, he's going to he's going to bury it. Midfield, Phil Foden, I think, could be a, a standout guy for them. I think a lot of their hopes of going deep is whether Raheem Sterling is on form or not. And if if he can really get going up that wing, he's going to cause a lot of damage in the in the group games. I'll come to Scotland last. Croatia. Now, they are an old team, as you said, and obviously Modric, he's still got it, but he's got some old legs as well. When I was doing our Glory to the Gold preview, 
I kind of had delved into a lot of these guys and like Kramaric, is that it? Kramaric? The guy that plays for Hoffenheim. Kramaric, yeah. Yeah, he looks so dangerous. Like I didn't know too much about him and then when I was looking at it, 25 goals and six assists in 34 games across all competitions for Hoffenheim this year. So he's in a rich vein of form. So, I mean, he's going to be deadly. I see Scotland drawing with Croatia. I see them getting past the Czech Republic in that first game. And Scotland's chances of qualifying lie in this first game. They play the Czechs at Hamden. They're going to have the crowd behind them. They're going to be like really up for it. If they can get past the Czechs, I see Scotland qualifying and I see them getting four points because I think they'll draw with Croatia. I think they'll give England a good run for their money, but they'll maybe lose by, by a couple of goals. The Czech Republic have not had a, a good build-up to, to this tournament. They've they got hammered by England. They got hammered by Italy. They didn't score a goal. I think in one of the games, they didn't even have a, a shot on target. My danger man for the Czechs is West Ham midfielder Thomas Suchek, who mm. 10 goals for West Ham this year, playing mainly in a deep-lying defensive midfielder role. So he's the guy that Scotland in particular, they can't give him space. They've got to track his runs. They've got to pick him up. Scotland's an interesting one because we don't have a... It's not a sexy team. It's not a team that you look at and it's got star-studded players. Our two best players are both left-backs. That's the problem that Scotland's had. and It's, it's the Adnan effect. Yeah. It's like, how do you get two left-backs into a team? And as the Whitecaps have shown with Ali Adnan and Christian Gutierrez, you play one on left midfield. So they've kind of got Andy Robertson from Liverpool kind of more in a midfield role. They've got Tierney from Arsenal, former Celtic player, playing at left-back. Steve Clark, the Scotland manager, has been criticised for maybe being quite boring. They've been grinding out like nil-nils, one-nils, and they're very solid defensively. He's been going with a kind of three-man, stroke five-man back line, and it's kind of worked. I don't think he's going to tinker too much with that. I expect a 3-5-2, but it could also be a four or 4-5-1. It's whether he go, if he wants to be adventurous and play two up front, you've got Lyndon Dykes, Che Adams, the two of them look quite good together. They link up together. Dykes is a big guy and Che Adams, a lot of skill. I, I think Scotland's going to qualify for the second round of a major tournament for the first time ever. We've had heartbreak of losing out on every weird circumstance you could think of. It's like goal difference or team scoring last minute or stoppage time goals to put them through. And I think this is going to be Scotland's year. And then once they get through that, who knows what will happen. So where do you see the finishes? Uh, obviously, everybody agrees England first. but I have Scotland is... finishing second on goal difference from Croatia with the Czechs last. Michael is officially in the Optimist Union. I am. Two weeks ago, I wasn't, but I've come round. Yeah, I'm going to support Michael in Scotland going second. That's That's crazy. I mean, I'll be happily wrong for you, Michael, but that's crazy. Well, we're going with the consensus. So. Come on, Scotland. Okay. Croatia and Czech Republic. There. Ale, okay. Ale, ale. okay, so ale, let's, ale. let's move on to Group E where we got Spain, Sweden, Slovakia, Poland. 
This is a tough group. I... Uh, I mean, you, you look at it. I'm trying to get my thing up here. Like, Poland... They, they could surprise any team on their day. But you have to you have to still think Spain's got enough to win this group. I, I've got Spain, Poland, Sweden, Slovakia. Spain's what was it? Spain? Spain, Poland, Sweden, Slovakia. That's how I have it. That's Spain. actually the same as me too. Yeah, that's the same as me. So yeah, okay, but that's easy. This is an uh, interesting group for me because this actually contains all my initials, S S S P. Uh, which is fantastic. Um, I'll be following this group now very carefully now that I noticed that. Um, uh, I, I, I see Spain as the runaway winners. Uh, Sweden, if honestly, and I, it's not, I just feel like if Ibrahimovic was healthy, they have a potential to finish second uh, because they usually have a team that has is very solid everywhere else. They just can't score goals. And it, it, Ibrahimovic, even at that age, would have been uh, that extra leap over Poland. But uh, Lewandowski, if he's if he's up to form, um, I see Poland finishing second in that case. Thing with Poland, like their their warm up to this hasn't been great. They drew one all with Russia. They drew two all with Iceland. The last competitive game they had, they lost two one to to England in the World Cup qualifiers. I kind of think Poland maybe peaked a couple of years ago, and their team's on a little bit of a downward spiral. I could even see like Sweden pipping them for for second place in this, but I, I'm I'm sticking with Poland. What, what about you, Zach? So you have Poland coming I've second. Got, I've got Poland second, but yeah. I think it's a toss up between them and Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. But I'm putting Poland second just because I my buddy Lewandowski. Rob, yeah, Lewandowski is there. Bobby, and I he's think on, he's in good form. He's in good form, but he he hasn't always done well in these tournaments. It's, it needs to be noted. And yeah, he's one of those guys. It's like Messi with Argentina. Struggles yeah. sometimes when he plays for his country. Even even with all his goals at Bayern and at Dortmund, um, there one of the knocks against him is that he hasn't always scored in some of the big matches. Uh, and so, I, I I really hope that that's something that uh, that stigma is something that he can overcome and that he can really score some big goals and get pulling out of the group stage and into the knockout round where anything can happen. Okay. So let's just move on to group F. Cause yeah. That's probably where Zach really wants to talk about. Well, um, this, this is the best group. It's, yeah. I'm so looking forward to every single game in this. So, and there's, a, there's so, a lot of interesting little twists as well. So I'm going to move hungry to fourth place right now. Yeah, I, 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 okay. I've got Hungary fourth as well. The only thing I would say about Hungary is they've got two home games in Budapest, but they're, well, I was going to say they're tough games. Obviously, you, you look at this and every single team they play is tough, but they, they play France uh, in Budapest and they play Portugal in Budapest. Yeah, I'm I not think sure. their best chance might have been against Germany and that's not the game that's in Budapest. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like they're... They're up against like three strong teams. Um, I don't think they'll be able to score. I think they'll be starving for goals by the end of this. <laughs> Let, let's hand things over to Zach. Tell tell us your thoughts on the group. You, you gave a little bit of thoughts of Germany off the top, but just generally in this group, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I this is, like I said, the least excited I've been about a 
the German squad and team and chances going into a tournament. That doesn't mean that they they couldn't overcome and, and do well, but um, I see them losing to France. I see them losing or beating Portugal, and I see them hopefully easily beating Hungary. But um, that loss or tie to Portugal, I think, will have them – sorry, if they tie to Portugal, I think it'll have them coming third, but qualifying as one of the third uh, the third place teams. Yeah, and uh, having I see France winning the group and Portugal taking second. Now I hope that like Portugal or France, who are the winners of the last two major tournaments, uh, suffer from that. You know, uh, like Germany did at the World Cup last time, where they just come on their awful, which France has done before in the past, so it wouldn't be abnormal. But um, no, I I find that hard. Like the I think both France and Portugal are are better than they were in 2016. And I think Germany's worse than they were in 2016 and 2014 and even 2018, which on paper, I thought they were better than they, they showed, obviously. Um, so, yeah. I mean, in Hungary, the thing you need to know about Hungary is it doesn't matter where the games are. They are missing their uh, arguably their best player or players. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but he, uh, he, w- he was at Dead Bull Salzburg, the OG Dead Bull, and he got transferred, I think, in January to Leipzig and was and got injured and like I don't think played at all in the Bundesliga this year. And he is, I think, he's like a dead ball specialist and he's like a attack center, central attacking midfielder, I think. And he is like the center of their their attack, and he's out. And then my understanding is um, the guy who is to replace him also got injured in one of the friendlies uh, or or uh, World Cup qualifying or something leading up to the tournament, and he's also out. So they don't have their top two players to play as their as their kind of the, the the creator in their midfield. So I I really don't th- I really think they're going to suffer and the home crowd won't, won't won't be able to help them. And they're gonna mm-hmm. I think they're gonna take they're gonna take a beating from all three teams because all three yeah. teams know that they have to pound Hungary for goal differential. Uh, and, and then they can just yeah. win I mean, one they, nil they, or, or whatever. Could could all come down to that? I mean. It- who have we all got then as the group winners for this? For me, I've got France. Me too. Zach. Sorry, yeah, I, got, I have France. Yeah, I said oh, France. Yeah, sorry. I said France and then Portugal and then Germany and then... Uh, oh, that's, that's, that's exactly what I've got. And, and yeah. I hope, again, I hope I'm wrong, but... The thing is with me, it's about uh, France, is that um, I, I see them, um, hopefully not for your sake, Zach, but I see them... Uh, uh, Heating up on Germany a little bit, like I see them, like they catch Germany on a like, and they see that they're they're a little weakened, and then they 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 actually pumps them up even more to get more goals in, and that's where I could see Germany finishing third because of goal differential. It's going to be revenge for nineteen forty and nineteen eighty two. But okay, so but so, like, just can I just say the betting is so interesting because like France are favourites to win the whole tournament and Germany's fifth favourites. But for Group F, Germany are the favourites to win the group. And then France are second favourite. So that, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, betting odds change the more people bet on a certain team, too. Yeah, it could be a lot of German fans that have backed their team. I mean, Germany's like evens with with one of the bookies as well. 74 is the best you can get on them. France, it's like best you can get on them is 15 to 8, but they're kind of 75, so almost. I mean, it's, it's tight. They're almost evens, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we got uh, the six third-place teams that we predicted. We got Switzerland, Russia, North Macedonia, Croatia, Sweden, and Germany. We got to pick four of them. 
and then we'll move on to the knockout stage. I've got Switzerland, North Macedonia, Croatia, and Sweden. I got. I do have Germany. I have Sweden, Croatia, and Switzerland. I'm pretty sure Zach's not got North Macedonia. I think I did. Oh, hang on. I I did it on the predictor. I think I had Germany, North Macedonia. Uh, who are the other two? Sweden, Sweden, yeah, and Switzerland. Uh, it's between Switzerland and Croatia. I think I think I had Turkey in mind. Okay, but but Turkey's second place, so they're already through. But who do you have? So uh, there's two votes for North Macedonia, two for Sweden, two for Germany. So it's between. There was one I voted for Switzerland and Croatia and Switzerland. It's between those two. Oh, well, so I've, who do you I've, think? I've voted for Switzerland and Croatia as well. So I guess they got I, the two votes. So who? Switzerland. So we're gonna knock out Croatia, oh. then, right? Oh, no, yeah. So, yeah, Zach, you need to pick between Switzerland and Croatia. Well, my heart says Switzerland, but my head says Croatia. There we go. So let's go with your heart. Okay, uh, so Switzerland through. Okay, so then we'll go on to the knockout stage. And, okay, so round of 16. Uh, we don't have to go into detail on this one. We just uh, quickly predict if you want. Uh, we got Belgium versus Sweden uh, in the first round. Yeah, I've got Belgium uh, for that. Same. Yeah. Um, Italy versus Austria. I, I got Italy, Italy for that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Same. France versus Switzerland. France. Scotland versus Poland. Scotland. Oh, Poland. Okay, Michael signs my checks. I'm going for Scotland. Yeah, that's. I mean, the fact that you have them in this thing is as far as ludicrous. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> Spain versus North Macedonia. Spain. Spain. <laughs> England versus Portugal. Yes, that what a round of sixteen matchup this could be. Um, I actually, ha I have Portugal. I have Portugal as well. It would be at Wembley, I believe, sir. Oh, I didn't know that when I made the prediction, <laughs> but I do have Portugal. So, uh, Zach, you got Portugal over Spain. Oh well, yeah, uh, but we're not in that round yet. Uh, oh, it's England Portugal versus over England. I chose Portugal yeah. over England. Netherlands versus Germany. I chose Germany, despite all the things I said. They they beat them in World Cup. I did. I actually did this. Yeah, I did have Germany as well in this one. Um, sorry, who was that? I was looking to see if that game was Germany Holland. Germany Holland. Ah, oh, I would go with Holland. Yeah, but we already got two for Germany, so Germany's ah, okay. Two. Uh, Turkey Denmark, the two okay. surprise packages. Actually. Denmark. I got, I got Turkey. I've Turkey too. Okay, um, and then uh, let's go to the next round: Belgium versus Italy. Belgium. I so, actually have Italy. I have Italy as well because I have Italy winning this just as a spoiler. But, but. Zach, you're gonna be if you're right, you're gonna be like like be able to rub it in our faces the whole time. But I do have Italy getting through. This is because I I did predict at the beginning that Belgium, when they first faced their first test, would get knocked out. Uh, France, Scotland. Uh, this is the end of the Scottish <laughs> run. Yeah, I have France. <laughs> if France plays Scotland, it could hit double digits. <laughs> oh, we're not going to score that many. Uh, Spain versus Portugal. I chose Portugal, unfortunately. I, I did too. I think so. I did too, I actually. Spain. Yeah, I had Portugal in this one. Uh, Germany versus Turkey. I have Germany getting through. Uh, I have Germany. 
Yeah, if it was between those two, I'd probably fancy Germany. Okay, uh, semi-finals, you got Italy versus France. France. I do have France. I have Italy. France. Mm. And then uh, Portugal versus Germany. I took Germany despite all the things I said. I'd say I, Portugal. I took Portugal as well in this one. Portugal and France in the finals. And then... I um, think the finals are going to be the exact same as last time. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. I wasn't paying attention to the last time at all. I'm, my predictions are probably going to be wrong anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. My, my actual predictions that I've got, like of my own, I've got Italy-Spain in the final. Oh. Um, I, France and Portugal in the final. I got, uh, I'll go first. I got uh, France winning. Yeah, I'd pick France between those two, I think. I have France winning the, the tournament. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Well, I mean, um, I mentioned about the betting odds. So France are the favourites. Then it's England, Belgium, Italy, Germany, Portugal, Spain, Holland. And then it's a big gap to all the other teams after that. I mean, even, even Holland's a big gap. There's not a lot to choose between France all the way down to Spain. Spain are kind of at eights. France are at fours. That's the lowest you can get with them. So, I mean, I I I have... Italy winning this. I, I just think they're going to come good. I think they're going to get the goals. Their defence, I think, is going to get them through. Forgetting what we've just done, who who was your gut winner of this? Oh, it's it's. I think France is the favourite. Yeah, I had France winning even in my regular thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had Portugal in the final, but I definitely did have France winning. I mean, the surprise packages for me, I, I think North Macedonia are going to surprise a few folk, and I think Germany's going to surprise a few folk by not qualifying, but I could be completely wrong with that. But since Zach I, seems to hate Scotland, I'm going to stick with that. I have Turkey um, as my surprise positive mm. package and Belgium as my surprise negative package. I think Turkey's probably after North Macedonia for me. I'm having to stick with North Macedonia because I called it on our on our East Fife show, so I'm sticking all the way with them. But I think Turkey is a good shout as well. What about you, Zach? Who's, who do you feel is your surprise package? Um, good or bad, or good or bad? Uh, yeah, I mean... Where is my thing here? Uh, I mean, there's lots of, it depends on how you, what you define a surprise. I mean, based on the, the bracket you just said, Scotland is by far the biggest surprise in our group one we just did. Um, but no, I think, uh, I think there could, I think there's going to be, even though I didn't choose this in any of my stuff, there's going to be one of these big countries and it could be Germany, but I think there's, if it's Germany, I think there might be two countries that are really, really underperform and either go out early or go out in the round of 16. Um, so when I talk big countries, I'm talking, yeah, Germany, France, Spain, Holland, Portugal, Italy, kind of to England, I guess you would include that. Um, but of the other teams, I, I think, um, I think, like, I think, I think Belgium is good. Like I said, I think Belgium's going to do better than, uh, a lot of people are thinking they're going to do because I think a lot of people think that the De Bruyne thing uh, has them excluded of a deep run. And I think they're going to go at least to the semifinals and they could even get lucky and, and go to the final. Hmm. Let, let's just round it off by 
picking who we feel is going to be the top goal scorer. I'll, I'll tell you the betting odds. Harry Kane's the favourite. Romelu Lukaku next. Kylian Mbappe. Cristiano Ronaldo. Memphis Depay. At Ciro Immobile. And then, kind of not... not well, I guess Lewandowski's up there, but he's in the top 10. I'll kick off. I, I think because I think France are going to do well, even though I haven't tipped them to win it. I think Mbappe. For France to do well, they need Mbappe to be scoring. Of course, well, he passed his Giroud. That seems to be the, the big talking point during the week. Giroud, now, how ridiculous like said, is that? People weren't passing to him. But then I saw a lot of folk defending, saying it was kind of obvious that, that they weren't picking him out for passes. But you yeah, just come across I, as a, a whiny wee baby when you're like, they're not passing the ball to me. Yeah, it, it it feels a little bit like uh, like the Holland team from back in the days where they used to. Oh, they seemed to hate each other, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the thing. You don't want to be going into a tournament with a distraction like that. If you're the French coach, you're like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Why are you having this out in the open? But I, I think Mbappe is going to be the leading scorer for me. My feeling is Mbappe would be a good shout, but the thing is that France is such uh, even scoring that anybody can pot the goals in. Um, so I'm looking at a team that is relying on uh, one score, and there I'm kind of leaning. I, want, I was thinking about somebody else, but kind of leaning maybe toward Harry Kane mm-hmm. uh, because they rely on him to score goals, and that's the reason why I would see that. I don't know how many goals. They're very capable of only winning 1-0 or 2-0. Maybe he doesn't get that many goals, but they have shown that they have the people that can get him the ball. And if they can, then I think they he can pot some in. But of course, if he's out in the first knockout stage, then I don't see him getting that many goals after that. Yeah, I'm so relying on the group they won't. stages. They're, they're going to be doing okay. Although, well, the thing, actually, the thing the is, the first knockout stage, no, they could go out in the first knockout stage. Yeah, yeah the, thing, the thing is that uh, when you get into the knockout stages, there's not many goals. More, Most of the goals are scored in that group stage. So it's potential that somebody that doesn't go deep in the tournament could still win the Golden Boot. I think when you're talking about England, I think someone like... Uh... Someone like a, a, a Sancho or a Sterling or maybe even Rashford could benefit from all the attention that Kane is going to get, and mm-hmm. and especially with point. Sancho, Sancho and um, and Sterling with their pace, I think they, they have the potential to um, yeah to get into the space that they'll they'll need to to score goals. So I could see some like someone like that um, being like more like a surprise kind of person, but yeah, yeah obviously, but, obviously but I'm I think. Hoping- I'm hoping think, first like Lewandowski, but yeah. But the thing is with uh, Sancho is that the he's more of a passer and setup guy. And Sterling, I've heard from some people saying that he might not even start. Uh, it might be Rashford on that left side. So if yeah, that's that, the case, then that, that's not really true about Sancho. Like I watched Sancho play a lot, and yeah, yes, no. he is a winger, and they're typically more for setup. But he is like a goal scoring winger. Yeah. No, I understand that, but I'm saying in this setup with England, he might be a, a distributor and a setup guy instead of a scorer. Yeah, I just, I just think he's going to have more space because he's I think not, he's, Kane's going to d- take a lot of the attention. Yeah, that's true. And he, but he's not playing a Dortmund system in this; he's playing an England system. So I don't know how yeah, many goals he'll score. Yeah. That I, I, I'm just hoping it's going to be a real fun tournament, and there's going to be lots of goals. I'm hoping that VAR does not spoil it, and it, it's, it's going to obviously play a big part in it still going to be that situation that someone's going to score. You don't know if you can actually celebrate or not for a, a few minutes, which I hate. 
But I, I just hope VAR's more in the background and that we, we just get an enjoyable tournament, some great games, lots of goals, and Scotland lift the trophy come July. That's all, all I can hope for. So that's some of our thoughts as to what's going to be happening in Euro 2020. We're going to be doing our sweepstakes soon, our pool. We're going to each pick eight teams and see how they do over the the tournament. But before we get to that, we're going to bring you this episode's wavelength. So I mentioned last time that for the month of June, there has been a plethora of Scotland Euro 2020 songs. So that is basically what we're going to be doing for the whole of June. We're going to be playing a different Scotland song for the Euros over the course of the month. This episode, we're going with one of the newer ones. It's just come out and I think it's one of the best ones. It's a a song that is sung all over the world. Curva Collective, I've sung it at BC Place. It's the old Ale Ale Ale. This is a Tartan Army version by Pete Smith. Here's Ale. The rampant lion's flying You'll never stop this roar We're the Tartan Army You've heard of us before From Hamden down to Wembley How Jenky and McCoy's We'll march his seas together
Pete Smith, I'll lay great lyrics. The rampant lions fly in. You'll never stop this roar. We are the Tartan Army. You've heard of us before. Fantastic. Hopefully we'll be hearing that echoing across Hamden Park. It's a great song. Looking forward to Scotland kicking their campaign off on the very early hours here, 6am, Monday morning for me. Taking on the Czech Republic at Hamden. Fingers crossed. Now, just to round off this episode, we're going to do our pool. Zachary, Steve and myself have got eight picks each across the six groups and we're going to follow them all the way to the final. We're going to do it as a snake draw and we did a random generator to see who was going to go first. Zach came out to pick first, Steve came out to pick second and I've come out to pick third. Steve It'll be good because I have I have no idea what's uh, like the matchups in the second round, so I'll be picking teams against each other right away. Oh, um, yeah. So, I, uh, I I'm not going to base it on that either. I'm just going to pick strong teams. So I'll come up with a point scoring system. It'll probably be three points for a win, one point for a, a draw, and then if you win your group, you'll get bonus of five points and knockout um, games. Yeah, knockout games stuff like that. So we'll come up with that. So Steve's going to keep a, a note of this. Zach, you get first pick any of the 24 teams you can pick. And remember, you're you're doing this for the maximum point, so don't necessarily pick your favourites only. So don't take Scotland then, is what you're saying? Yes, I, I um, won't be taking Scotland until later on. So. Well, how, how could you not take Scotland? You think they're getting out of the group? They're, they're like going to a quarterfinal or something crazy. Um, I'm going to go with the, the, the odds-on favourite, uh, the World Cup holders, as much as it pains me to do that, I'll take them for Kingsley Coleman, Lucas Hernandez, and Benjamin Pavard. I'll take France. Pick number one, Zachary Eisenheimer, France. Steve okay. on the clock. Um, so I will be taking um, a team that uh, it, I think will do well. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll get that deep, but I think they will do well. And I think just based on where they're set up and everything, I think they can, and they've done stuff recently in the Nations League, I'll be taking Portugal. Oh, Oh, I get the next two picks, so that's awesome. So I'm going with the team that I have picked to win the whole shebang, so they're still available, and that is Italy. So uh, I'm hopeful for that. Now, this is now where it's going to get a little bit interesting. Ah, um, I think... Well, I mean, I've I've gone for Italy playing Spain in the final, so I have to go with Spain. Spain it is. Sorry, it's just going to have to be... T- I'm typing at the same time. Um, That's fine. I'm going to start keeping a note of who we've picked and who we haven't. Um, and then, okay, so uh, my next team uh, will be... And I'm not doing this this fight. I'm taking Germany. <laughs> I was pretty sure you're going to do that. Okay, I'm going to take. Uh, I, 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 they were my next list. Like I have actually everything listed in order. I'm going to take uh, Belgium, and oh, uh, just for fun. Uh, oh, okay, I won't go for fun. I'll take Holland, and that's back to me. Damn it, this is the team I didn't want to take, but they are next on my list. Um, it's going to be England. 
That's good because I would have had to have picked them if they were still left. So my next two picks, I'm going to go Turkey. You like Roubaix a lot, eh? I just I just feel they could be a bit of a surprise package. I'm trying to just back that. And then my heart says Scotland. My head says don't be stupid. <laughs> so I'm going to say Denmark. Nice. Well, I'm pretty sure Scotland's going to be available for you later. <laughs> Maybe not. Hey, uh, I'm next. Again, uh, oh. I would have taken either one of those two teams that Michael just took. Uh, disappointing in that. Um, so I have to go with my next team on my list. And that would that would be, um, that would be Croatia. I now where it's like there's some yeah really big head and heart there's okay I'm gonna take I don't have Germany so I'm gonna take Poland and Austria I should be taking Denmark but I'll leave that for or Denmark or Switzerland but I'll leave that oh I've taken Denmark already oh have you taken Denmark okay I should be taking Switzerland but I'm gonna take Austria Poland and Austria Poland and Austria, just give me a second if that goes in. I was hoping for one of those two. I didn't think they would be available. It's like, okay, so next team, I want to go with uh, Switzerland. Nice. Oh, that's good because I wanted to go with Sweden. Yeah, I knew you were going to take that, Michael. And uh, I'm going with Scotland. Good choice. So... You guys are going. I thought you guys would be discussing these picks a little bit more. <laughs> Give me some time to type everything in. It's been uh, a long okay. show, okay, and so, my hay fever is like playing up like nothing on earth. My eyes are so itchy. I need to go to an allergy so, pill. So you're you're Sweden and Scotland. Scotland. Surely you have to take your North Macedonia now, don't you? I've got a feeling they may be left. I don't know. But <laughs> um, so Steve's going to take them. I'll take. Uh, Boy, that's not very much left. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Russia. Oh, I'm not overly excited about that one, but I'll take Russia. I probably have taken somebody from the team group, but oh well. Well, I'm going to take the last team from that group because I think they're going to be better than Russia. I'm going to take Finland. And Interesting. Uh, uh, I don't want to take North Macedonia, so I'm not going to. Um, Ooh, who do I want of those remainders? I don't want them. I don't want them. Uh, oh, for just in case Merrick Hemsik has some upsets, I'm going to take Slovakia. Slovakia. So by my reckoning, that leaves Wales, Czech Republic, North Macedonia, Ukraine, and Hungary. Correct. Okay. And I will take Ukraine. Oh, well, I will go with North Macedonia. Yeah, I set that up one up for you. Thank you. And <laughs> you get one more, Michael. Wales? Wales, yeah. Okay. So that leaves Czech Republic and Hungary. I will take uh, Czech Republic. And I'll take Peter Zimmerman's Hungary. Interesting stuff. I, I enjoyed when we did this for the last World Cup because it made the games more interesting because, like, back home... In the olden days, it, the Sky Bet, when they first started, was their slogan was, it's always more interesting when you have a bet on it. 
And to be fair, it is. It's like if if you've got money on it or you're doing a pool like this, it just it adds a little bit yeah. of fun to it. I think that should be some good battles. But anyway, that is it for our our Euros preview. That is it for this show and this episode. Thank you for watching along. We're releasing this as a, a video for the Euros part. If you're watching that, you know that. We're also releasing it as a podcast. There's going to be extra stuff in the podcast, though. As we're going to be talking about Canada, have some music thrown in there as well. So definitely check that out in all your usual podcast places. Just before we go, just any final words, Zach, and let folk know where they can find you online. Uh, I uh, hope that I'm wrong in my my thoughts on Germany, and I hope they overcome. You can find me on Twitter at Zachary AM, and it's been a pleasure as always, Michael and Steve. Any final words for you, Steve? Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the tournament. I'm glad I might have to make uh, Zach root against Germany in a couple of these based on this predictions. Never going to happen. He doesn't care that <laughs> yeah, much. Um, yeah, but you can find... prize he wants to win. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Whitecapspeed. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Check out all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. And if you're not subscribed to this channel, hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications, ring the bell, like the video, comment, all that kind of stuff. It really helps us. We're slowly, slowly getting those subscriber numbers up. Still aiming to get to 1,000. It's going to be a long slog, let's be honest. But I'm looking forward to the Euros. We'll do some more fun things soon, I'm sure. Until that, until next time, thanks for watching or listening, whatever your chosen medium was. We'll be back soon. Till then, take care. And come on, Scotland! You can do it. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.